Our friends from Healthy Bud just launched a new exciting product and our dog Zippo has been absolutely obsessed. Their mini training treats are packed with superfoods like lion's mane, reishi, and salmon oil to support brain health and with over 500 treats per bag and just one calorie per treat, you can rest assured that you're providing guilt-free taste and nutrition in every bite. To grab a bag yourself or a few, head over to us.healthybud.co and use our code FP20 to save 20% on your first order. We are beyond excited to announce our first digital dog training course on the subject of leash reactivity. We partnered with a fellow certified dog trainer, Aaron Gianella, in order to bring you the most comprehensive online course on the subject. Is your dog pulling on leash, lunging at the sight of other dogs or people, too overwhelmed or excited about triggers, or showing signs of stress? Or are they scared of other dogs, people, or sounds that they hear, and have trouble having a relaxed, stress-free walk as a result? And what about the human side of things? Are you struggling because it feels impossible to have a peaceful walk and outing? Are you embarrassed or frustrated by your dog when you're out with them? Are you actively avoiding activities in certain places and outings because you're worried about your dog and what they'll do? If you answered yes on any of these questions, we created this course specifically for you. For more information and to purchase this course, please check out our website at familypups.com backslash online dash courses. Welcome to the Family Pups Podcast. As you know, this is where we have conversations about the most commonly requested dog training and dog behavioral issues. And while all that is still true, today's episode is one where we're going to kind of venture off into a dog-related field, but not necessarily about behavior or training. And so what field are we looking into today, Tony? We'll be looking into real estate. Real estate. Well, what does real estate and dogs have to do with one another? Well, since we went through the whole journey of buying a home and our realtor was absolutely fabulous. Shout out to Anya. Shout out. (laughs) The process was just so much easier when we had super helpful tips and information when it comes to what do we need to know and what do we need to consider when it comes to our home and our dog and we thought we should continue the conversation with a realtor so that they can share some additional tips tricks and information that may not be as common knowledge as we think and the more that we know especially when it comes to making such a huge purchase and such an important one the more that we know and we consider the less we're going to regret in the future how much did you consider zippo our dog or our cats 
while we were going through that journey? Was it something kind of top of mind for you? Or was it kind of something in the background? And if so, what were some of those things that at least you held as important when you started or during the process? We definitely were looking for a yard Mm -hmm. (laughs) as much for us as for Zippo. Yeah. Because we just thought it'd be so nice for him to have that freedom. Um, So the yard, we wanted to have a, um, we wanted to have nice fencing. Me personally, I I wasn't looking for those uh, metal, what is it called? Metal link? Yeah, the one you get like see-through. Yeah, I didn't want to have such a fence. And I thought um, for dogs, for example, if um, your dog is able to see a lot of the commotion, let's say if it's um, a street where people are walking by more often, that can definitely cause more reactivity in dogs because your dog will be able to see every single person or every single movement that's going on out there. So definitely can lead to more work. We wanted to have a nice high a wood fence in order to prevent some of that visual stimulation. Um, I think those were my two main concerns when it comes to the house and our dog. Was there anything that I'm missing? Because I, I, forgot I mean, to... I think there are minor considerations about like carpeting or the floor. They were pretty minor for me. I mean, my considerations for what I wanted were probably in line with what would work for Zippo as well. And even just tangentially, like it'd be nice if our dog could look out the window and there was something stimulating or fun to look at. In contrast, let's say to what you were saying about all the visual stimulation, Mm -hmm. but you know, not all visual stimulation needs to be triggering, right? If they could look out to the grass or at trees, it'd be kind of nice too. So I would say, despite all of what we're talking about, everything was moving so fast that considerations for Zippo were kind of second tier compared to other things that we were thinking about. And and those considerations, unfortunately, came first. Yeah, I guess another one that I would add is actually the neighbors and the neighbors' dogs. Mm -hmm. So going to the backyard and just listening like, what's going on? Do I hear any dogs? Is there any commotion? Mm-hmm. Us going through our neighborhood, there are definitely a few houses with dog doors whose dogs are just free to come out and bark at every single person yeah. who is walking by, which obviously, if that was our neighbors, we would not be happy and that'd be causing a good amount of stress. So I think that even though in the moment it doesn't seem like a big deal, I really do think that considering the neighbors, the neighbors' dogs um, can be a big one in the long run. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to looking things out the window, I think that we actually got lucky because there were so many bunnies around. So both the dog and the cats, they're always staring off at some bunny, Mm -hmm. which is not causing reactivity, just kind of like visual enrichment yeah well let me put it to you like this then maybe not things that you considered in the moment but now that we have been living here for a while now what are some of those things you're like oh i'm so glad we chose this house for this other reason but now it wound up really good for zippo's life or mental enrichment or whatever what are some of those things 
I mean, I can answer first. I think our area, you know, it doesn't have too high a traffic, mm -hmm. right? And so we are not scared if, let's say, Zippo kind of runs off a little bit. They're not immediately going to run off into a busy area, you know, and we feel fortunate that we were able to find a house that enabled that. And also location of parks. Uh, they're not too far from here. As we know, there's so many parks in Denver already, but the fact that we were able to have that so accessible to us, not only for our mental health, but for Zippo's, I'm really grateful that that just happened without us really even making that active decision. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 The parks are a huge one. Yeah. Uh, so great. So let me introduce our guest today. Our guest today is Kelsey Emanuel, also known as Kelsey with a Frenchie. She is a Colorado native, born and raised in the small mountain town of Nederland. Staying close to her mountain roots, Kelsey is passionate about helping others enjoy the same lifestyle. She joined the real estate business shortly after getting her Bachelor of Science, summa cum laude, smarty, from Johnson and Wales University in Denver. Having worked in numerous real estate brokerages, she obtained a real estate license and is helping others find their perfect place. As part of her commitment to her clients and the real estate business, she stays current in real estate matters through continuing education and career training. In addition, Kelsey wants to share her love for Colorado by helping her clients find their dream properties. In her free time, you can find Kelsey spending time with her family and her French bulldogs, Nellie and Dottie, running outside, hiking, skiing, doing yoga, and adventuring in the mountains she loves so much. So without further ado, introducing Kelsey Emanuel to the podcast. Kelsey, welcome to the Family Pups podcast. I'm so excited to be here, truly. Like when you guys reached out, I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Uh, well, great to start. We know you're a native Coloradan. You've been in real estate for more than eight years, and you're one of the top 5% of real estate agents in Denver. And we all know that Denver has been a crazy market for the last couple of years. And you have two adorable Frenchies of your own, Nellie and Dottie. Yes, I do. <laughs> As such, could you take us through your professional journey over the last eight years <clears throat> and give us your take on why you think, because we think so, you've been so successful at reaching, speaking to, and ultimately helping those you have dubbed the modern millennial in their real estate journey? Yeah, so I um, started my real estate career up in Summit County. So I got out of college and moved up to Dillon and was a bona fide ski bum for about five years. That's where I met my husband and um, got started into the real estate realm there, which is a very different market. We're talking second home situation. It was just a very different market. And um, the now husband and I decided, hey, we should probably be adults and like buy a house and get dogs and do all the adult things. And so Summit County is really hard to do that in. So we scooted down the hill. Um, so I've actually been in real estate probably for over 10 years. I started out as like the front desk girl. I would be like out in the snowstorms, like pounding in for sale signs into the frozen tundra of Summit County, um, hanging up lock boxes in the middle of, it was just nuts. Um, but once we got down to Denver, it was like kind of a whole, a start over, if you will, a different market, everything kind of start 
started new, uh, got married, bought a house, got dogs, got a new bed, got a new car, did all of the adult things from, from start <laughs> to finish all within a very short, short period of, of time. Um, and I just have fallen wow. into this niche of first time home buyers. Those are my jam, which so happened to be as you call it, dubbed the modern millennials. And um, this, our age group, I think we're probably pretty similar in age, um, is kind of those people who are starting their home buying journey. So it was just kind of one of those like universal things, just boom, here, here are the perfect people that I love to work with over and over and over and over. And so you dubbed them the modern millennial. Is there a difference between the modern millennial and let's say, the, let's say run of the mill? The regular. I don't, I don't to, the <laughs> the regular. <laughs> yeah. This, the unmodern the millennial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I kind of do. So like modern, like regular millennial is like eats avocado toast, right? And we all have iPhones and we're all on Instagram and we're doing all the, the millennial things, right? I feel like yeah. the modern millennial is just like one step above that. Um, very much so dog people, um, very much so environmental people. So like so much kind of thought on um, global warming and mm. the effects of, of so many other factors going on. Um, and I think that there we're just like the modern millennials just a we're just a little bit more eccentric about our dogs, like truly. And I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, but like, oh my gosh, I don't know any other age range of people that truly love their dog like their children mm -hmm. or who are not even having kids because they're like, I have a dog. Why right. do I need children? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we were considering moving to Denver from New York City and I used to have a dog walking pet sitting business at that time before I transitioned to training. Um, and obviously you are going to a new place. You need to make sure that you're still going to have business. And it was such a pleasant surprise when we discovered that everybody has yeah. a dog in Denver. That everybody. seems to be even more dogs. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, so it, yeah, it was a great pleasant surprise. It's, it's such a fun. Like if you go to Sloan's Lake on a Saturday, like good luck finding parking and you're going to make at least 14 dog friends where you have no idea who the owners are. You only remember the dog's names. You're like, oh, hey, Pizza the Pug. You have no idea who you, the, the owners are because you just, yes. that's just how it goes. <laughs> so obviously there are so many real estate agents just in general. Like what are the distinguishing things that like you maybe did innately or maybe you just developed it over time? that you can kind of speak to the modern millennial. I'm sure there's certain things that you're doing that others aren't, or you do just doing them a lot better. What are some of those things that you've honed over, over these years? Yeah. So I came into real estate thinking about, okay, if all the realtors are doing X, I'm going to go and do Y. Like I'm just going to do completely different. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be doing the same as, as every other person because that's super boring. And so I think Instagram is such a powerful tool. And obviously we all know about that, right? We all utilize Instagram in, in different ways. But I decided that... Um, so I guess rewind just a little bit. 2017, we moved down to Denver, kind of got started back into real estate. And it was the worst year of real estate for me ever. Like mm. hands down, 
it was just really tough. I remember we were at, uh, my husband and I were up at a concert in Bellingham, Washington, and we pulled out the last $2,000 out of our savings account to go have some fun for the weekend. And it was just like this moment where I was like, oh, what are we going to do? And so I had this kind of universal thought of like, I have to change up. I got to do something different. I have to kind of reinvent. I got to go. I got to stop waiting for my phone to call. I have to create these opportunities. And so that is when I built Kelsey with a Frenchie. I just sat down and I said, how am I going to connect with people? Who are my people? Who do I want to work with on a regular basis? And it's a Frenchy people freaking the we're weirdos. We like attract to each other in bizarre ways um, or just dog people in the hole or just young people, first time home buyers. So I built my whole brand. I did my website. I did my blog. I did all of these things. And so, um, my platform of choice was Instagram. And so I just leaned into it. I said, I'm Kelsey with a Frenchie and I'm going to take my bulldog with me everywhere. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go meet people and I'm going to go talk to them. And I'm going to go do real estate different because most realtors are awful. They make me just like cringe and barf. And I just, I feel probably a lot Hmm. of people feel that same way. So I thought, how can I do this differently? How can I take this approach and make it like more fun and make it more calm. And so like text messages between clients and mine are gifts and emojis. And it just doesn't have to be stuffy and heavy. And so that's kind of the approach that I took of how can we just do this so differently so that you end it and you're happy and not mm-hmm. just like, mm, you know. Would you say you're a confident person in general? Like I've talked to many people who've done career changes. And I think one thing that's really difficult is that you're tr- just trying to get your bearings. You want to trust your instincts, but everyone else is doing this other thing. So maybe I'm doing the wrong thing by going in this other direction. So how do you cultivate that confidence? Did you have that confidence already? I- I'm sure you were nodding. So you understood that question so <laughs> intimately. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I was not confident at all, but I was, um, I mean, I was confident. My slogan, or my slogan, my slogan logo, um, fake it till you make it, right? Uh, there, there is a part of going into it having that mentality of like, I have, there's failure is no option. And that's kind of my space. Like I thrive off of perfection and I love to do things 150,000%. Otherwise, I'm just not going to do it. Like starting new sports hate it because I'm not automatically good at it. So I like to like excel through all of that, but coming into it, starting something new, it's terrifying. But I think when you find that something that makes your soul excited, you're like, okay, I'm going to take this risk and I'm going to do the biggest leap of my entire life, but I know it's going to be worth it because the end goal is greatness. And so that's kind of the space I came Mm -hmm. from. And at the end of the day, I could come home and pet my dog and give her love. And so I'm like, well, is life that hard? Probably not because I get a pet a Frenchie every day. <laughs> love that. Love that. So let's, we, I want to share kind of our real estate journey. We yeah. bought our house in Lakewood in 20, 2022, right? Okay. So yeah, recently. Yeah. Okay. yeah l- last, yeah, last February. Yes. And we have this whole story about how we renovated this house and it, it's been crazy. Um, but I'm sure you can understand it was our first time and everything was just going so fast, right? Especially in the market that we were in, you needed to get letters and you need to get this and that like yesterday. So when you have modern millennials who have dogs and who are in our situation where they are just trying to get everything done and get everything signed and they get into their house, do some of them 
have some like major regrets that they had that they wish they thought about in terms of you know the life that their dog is going to now live with them and they're like oh i wish i thought about that and but now i'm in this house we'll just have to make the best of it what are some of those things that you've heard let's say maybe after the purchase when i meet with clients for the first time i always go to drink a because i'm in real estate and i love a good cocktail because we all need it um or a zoom call and so when i'm on these calls i kind of get an idea of what they're looking for and so one of my questions always is do you have a dog or do you have a pet tell me about it i get the pet's name um because again like i'm a dog person these are important facts to me and so it's i feel like it's my job as an agent to make sure that we talk about these things so like I have a, a client right now who just got under contract out in the Midtown neighborhood. And so um, I have this thing and it's going to sound morbid, but I call it the flat dog test. And so what the flat dog test is, is I think about if my dogs were to run outside the front door and would they get hit by a car? Is it on a busy street? Is it close to a busy street? What is like my bearings? And I give a rating to the house of the flat dog test because the flat dog is a sad dog, right? And so I feel like it's kind of my job to touch on those points so that you as the kind of the future homeowner don't have to stress about those things so that we have those conversations of how much does a fence cost and um, how like where is the proximity to busy streets and is there a vet nearby? Those are just because I'm a, a dog mom, if you will, those are just kind of embedded into my into my life, if you will. Um, but I definitely think that there are some things that people don't always think about, especially like breed restrictions are a big one or, um, you know, living up in the mountains and you have a small dog, like this sounds crazy, but will they get swooped up by a hawk in the middle of the night when they're mm -hmm. going out to go to the bathroom? So honestly, like, I feel that, that it's my job to bring those up and have those conversations just yeah. so that you know, because like, how do you know? How do you like, you're like working on, like you said, on your love letter and your pre-approval and you're like trying to rate all these houses and not get emotionally attached because totally. you're competing against 15 other offers and you're like, Wah! so that's kind of my job. So for our listeners, if you are looking for a house and working with an agent, be sure to ask them about your Bring petting. Bring it up. Exactly. If they're yeah. not making a point to learn more about your pets or um, how to help you navigate incorporating the pet, asking questions would be the best thing mm -hmm. to do then. hundred percent. And like, and don't feel silly about it, right? Because like your dog is your family member and they're going to be probably in the house more than you mm -hmm. realistically if you if you work in an office and you leave them. And so, um, you know, just like you said, have those conversations up front just so that like the expectations are out there, right? Yeah. And like, I believe that your vibe attracts your tribe. So hopefully you're working with another agent who like gets that and they're like, mm -hmm. mm, I got you like taken care of. We'll put that on the checklist of things. Love that. Love that. Um, what are some of the things that they're proactively coming to you about? You know, what are their questions, concerns, or maybe even non-negotiables that they have that say, if this house that I love doesn't have these things for my dogs, it's going to be game over. Walk yeah. Away. Game over for us. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like fenced in backyard is such a big one. Um, I mean, the last thing you want to do after you buy your house is to then go in the backyard and a 
dig it yourself, like post hole and build a fence yourself. Ain't nobody got time for that. Or try <laughs> to find somebody on your like mega list of things to do. Like that's just, is so tough. And like, you're going to close on the house and you're going to bring over your bottle of champagne and your pizza and you're going to yeah. eat it in your living room and your dog's going to be right there. So um, I really feel like a lot of the conversations I have are fenced in spaces and then kind of going hand in hand, a space, right? Mm -hmm. So like, some of these um, townhomes, like in the Sloan's Lake area, where they just have no yard and it's only a rooftop, that is that's that's a tough one for a lot of pet owners because then they're like thinking through their head, okay, now I've got to walk my dog at least seventeen times a day. Yeah. If I'm walking them, like if I'm looking in a downtown condo, are they like going to the bathroom on the sidewalk? Mm -hmm. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, where's the closest trail? So um, I think honestly, obviously, outdoor space is huge, specifically yards and fenced in yards, I think are are the big tickets. As far as like proximity to trails, I think it's important. But like, Colorado has so much abundancy of that down here, you could be in your car and drive 10 minutes and be in some amazing park. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So great. So let's talk about some of these breed restrictions that you touched upon earlier. Like, you know, what are these breed restrictions that we might have in Denver or in Colorado in general? Um, so breed restrictions, man, they're a toughie. So um, 2021, Denver um, put on the ballot uh, a... Uh, I want to, what's the right word, like an amendment, if you will, to mm -hmm. the rules about pit bulls. And that was voted to overturn it. However, what I think a lot of people don't know, especially if they have pit bulls, is that you have to go get a permit for them, make sure that they're registered in the system. So if they're ever out and about or um, get picked up by animal control, like all of the right steps are taken. So obviously, if you're in Denver County and you have a pit bull, that's something you definitely want to make sure you take care of. There are still some cities in the metro area that completely outlaw all of the pit bull-like um, breeds, if you will. I think mm -hmm. Lone Tree is one of them. Broomfield, Longmont is another one of those. So um, there are still some pockets, though. I mean, I'll be probably the first one to say I'm not really sure like who's enforcing that unless it really comes down to like if you had an incident, if you will, yeah. which, oh my gosh, I hope that never happens to anybody. But um, I think just being super familiar, um, I've had buyers in the past who had pit bulls. And so we had to find those specific pockets of areas that allowed them or kind of worked through the process, because obviously you're not going to leave your dog at you know, your friend's house forever. You're not going to put them up for adoption. So um, there are still rules and regs out there. So it's just important that you, again, have those combos so that you know what the expectations are if you have one of those pups moving into those different areas. Yeah. When we moved into our apartment, we were renting when we first came here. I was actually surprised of the list of breeds that were not allowed was actually oh, it was quite a huge long. list. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> not it's just pitbulls huge... and other like no. Dobermans and. Yeah, yeah, and like there's like some Drogo Argentinian uh -huh. kind of breed, I want to say. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And what's also interesting too is you can get your dogs like DNA tested, and I think it's if it's 51% of whatever that dog breed is, then it falls into like the fail category. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, I, obviously a big time bummer because I believe that it comes down to the owner, not the dog. Right. Um, but something to definitely be aware of because when you're spending, you know, average home price in Denver is half a mil for attached home, seven hundreds for a single family. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a really big, like, uh-oh moment if you didn't know about that going into it totally mm -hmm. totally 
Um, yeah. Are there some other laws or regulations or restrictions that you know about? I, a breed one is a good one. Uh, I've, I've been seeing something about HOAs and, you know. Oh, my gosh. Like HOAs. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a whole. Do you guys live in a single family home that yes. you said you were renovating? Okay, so you don't have to deal with the HOA world. Excellent. Um, if you've ever though, I mean, HOAs have rules a mile long. Um, there's a lot of buildings in like the Cap Hill neighborhood that, um, only allow like one dog per household or, Mm -hmm. um, even have weight restrictions on them. If they're over 35 pounds, they're not allowed. Um, so HOAs honestly are kind of a, a big one. Um, Obviously, in Colorado, leash law is is important to um, to be aware of. I know everybody. I feel like everybody in Colorado has a dog, right? And so sometimes those leash laws can be kind of frustrating for people um, who have maybe aggressive dogs that are following those leash laws, and then you have those kind of dog owners who aren't super familiar with leash laws and. Um, you know, the, the good of them, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, Colorado is a very progressive state, which is probably why I've never left. I'm like, where else would I go? Um, <laughs> for the most part, you know, you could bring your dog to a brewery, you could bring them to a coffee shop, you can bring them to dinner, you can sit out on a patio. So I feel like for the most part, we're pretty like, hey, bring your dog along. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. We're so, we're so lucky. Like Goldens in, in Golden. Did you guys see that? We didn't go, but we saw some of the videos. Definitely. It's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> amazing. And now, now I'm like, I need to do Frenchies in Frenchtown or something yeah. like that. Or Franktown. Yes. I'm like, I got to get on this. Yeah, that's, that'd be a good event. <laughs> right? But yeah, I wanted to add on to the HOA and the fencing because I've had some clients who live even within the Denver area oh, and right. some of the HOA rules may reinforce um, electric fencing. And for oh. those people who do not want their dogs to be, you know, potentially shocked in the process of teaching them about electric fences, should also look into whether that's something that the HOA requires or not. Because I think that just the main reason is, you know, the aesthetics and we don't want fencing, yep. but we want to keep them within this area. So, yep. And what's super interesting about that too, fun fact, is in the Highlands Ranch area, all of the homes have the split rail fencing. So I don't know if you guys are familiar Mm -hmm. with the split rail. So it's like you have the post and it's kind of like a chicken wire, but but nicer looking. So you can see through it. Um, But the fence heights are only like four feet tall. So Mm -hmm. if you have a bigger dog, they can like just jump right over that. And so what's interesting about that part of town is that you can't alter those fences. So if you have a dog that doesn't get along with like neighbor dogs, Mm -hmm. or if you have a runner or a jumper or a digger, like something to be aware of for sure, because you can't, you can't be like, Oh, six foot fence. Here we go. Um, their HOA, their, you know, covenants say, Nope, we got to stick to the the split rail. And then you're forced to doing, you know, the electric fence or the invisible fence options. If, if your dog happens to be one of those little, little stinkers, if you will. (laughs) Yes. And we'll be back right after this break. Are you looking for an exceptional veterinary care experience for your cat or dog? Good Heart Animal Health Centers are here for all your pet's needs. Their happy, helpful team provides full-service care for all stages of your pet's life. 
separate areas for dogs and cats, help keep checkups low stress for people and their pets. New clients receive a personalized pet name tag and a bottle of wine as a thank you for giving them a try. Good Heart has two locations in Denver, at Broadway and Alameda, and in Cherry Creek. For more information, visit goodheart.vet. Now back to the episode. Well, in your job, I, I, I think one thing really interesting is you probably see so many homes and you also see how so many people live, right? So, you know, what yeah. are some of the most quirky or interesting dog-friendly amenities you've seen either on the buy yes. side or on the sell side? You're like, wow, they really care about their dogs in this house. <laughs> I will say, I feel like new construction, I am seeing so many dog washing stations, mm. like in the mudroom. It's like part of the, the build concept, if you will. Oh, wow. And I am here for it. Granted, like <laughs> my dogs could fit in, in a sink, but like if I didn't have to, to bathe them in my kitchen sink, like slam dunk there. Yeah. Um, I've also seen pot fillers for their water bowls, which amazing right like i first world problem no longer have to like bend down to get their bowl i could pot fill it um which yeah. i think is pretty cool and i will say like anytime there's like a custom cutout whether it's like underneath the stairs or in like a dead space and they make it into like their dog zone i'm done i'm like <laughs> guys you have to buy this if you're not gonna buy it i'm gonna buy it because like my dogs are gonna live in that thing yeah. <laughs> I also, I, I want to say I've seen this not as often, but when I do, my heart explodes when the, the outside dog house facade matches the regular oh, house yeah. down to like the shutters, the paint colors, the same, the yeah. trim color. I mean, I'm just like, this is incredible. Absolutely <laughs> <Yes>. incredible. <laughs> it's a great idea for us too. <laughs> right? Like, could you imagine just like a little miniature? Uh-huh. Mm. So good. Yeah, a little brick house in the front. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm super curious oh. as to what's going on in the Denver market today. We've all heard those stories about what happened during the pandemic and a couple years after that. What's it look like today? Has it rebounded? Where's your sense of all that right now? Yeah. So the past, honestly, like the past 10 years have been so seller heavy. Um, where buyers really, we were in pretty competitive seller's market for a long time. But the past two years, 2020, 2021, they crushed me. Um, I work predominantly with buyers. Um, and so these past springs have just been awful. And we're talking, I mean, you guys went through it. Yeah. You, you'd you have to get to a house. You'd have like 45 other people yeah. around you. You'd have 15 offers you were comp competing against, $100,000 over asking, no inspections, yeah. full of, I mean, it was just like, it was chaos out there. Yeah. And so when interest rates hiked up, which to be honest with you, 3% was so low. That's just like artificially yeah. low. It should have never been that low. So when we saw the interest rate kind of pop up a little bit, we definitely saw a pretty big pullback. Um, as somebody who works with buyers, I was like, Thank you. Thank you, universe. <laughs> we all have a moment to breathe. Um, but honestly, this past month, I feel like we're starting back up into that spring cycle again. Um, there's been almost all of the homes that I've written offers on had other offers on the table. Um, they were uptick in showing. So it's definitely kind of picking up a little bit. But if, if you're a buyer, like, please don't wait 
until that spring nonsense is back. Like go in and strike while you can because we're seeing opportunities to come in under asking. We're seeing concessions coming back onto the table. It's just, it's a much better situation. That before ruined my life. Every single spring I was like, this is awful. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's about time that Denver kind of saw a little bit of a balance. We were yeah. just too chaotic for too long. Yeah. Well, shout out to real estate agents too, because we know that it's an <gasps> emotional experience for you guys as well. We're kind of heaping on all of our emotional baggage onto you guys. So you know, shout out for the good work that you guys do. Yeah, and also the availability. I so appreciate that. Yeah, of course. It was just. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't understand it before that, but just having the opportunity to text your agent and be looking at a house not long after. Like, like, wow, like instantly. That, yeah. 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 It, it's, it does it's, require a lot of dedication. Yeah. When they say like you're married to the game, you're like married to the game. <laughs> like there is no vac- there's no vacations. I feel like every time I go somewhere, I'm like uh, immediately under contract on four houses and my phone is ringing and I have no cell phone. Like that's just what happens every single time. So it's yeah. uh it's a tough one, but like what's so exciting or awesome about it is at the end of the journey, like a lot of my buyers become my friends. Like yeah. I've gone to their weddings and like ski trips just because like the, um, the process is so emotional mm-hmm. um, that you like, you're, you like dig deep with yeah. these people, you know, like there's like a relationship that yeah. happens there. And that's just, that's just the best part. Yeah. You guys were in the foxhole together. That's why, I mean, it's, it's going to build some relationships. <laughs> For real. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 100%. Well, let's talk about content. Obviously we are, a company as well and we create content as well and if you are like you said just available at at every beck and call and you need to be there how do you make time for content how do you know what content is going to be the most resonant with the target market that you're going after how do you create space for that oh my gosh so social media as i'm sure you guys know is truly like a full-time job. So when you're coupling that with your other full-time job, like it's a lot. And so um, I also now have a a little seven-month-old on top of two sweet Frenchies. So my life is just like endlessly chaotic. And I have learned that time blocking is the greatest form of content creation. If you can just give yourself like two hours in one day and knock out, you know, two weeks worth of content. Like that's, that's the play is to just plan ahead and get all that stuff done. I know for me, if I wait till the last second, I'm just simply not going to do it. I'm going to get overwhelmed. Some other thing's going to pop up in my life. And so just giving myself those, that moment to just like hammer through your reels, get everything filmed, set it aside. Um, As far as content, gosh, it's, I mean, you guys know it's, it's once you kind of fall into that routine, you kind of have your buckets, right? You're like, okay, this post is going to fall into the educational bucket. And this post is going to fall into the life bucket. And this post is going to fall into the Frenchie bucket. And so I think once you've, you have your buckets kind of there, then you can kind of look at what's trending, what audios are trending, what, what are we seeing as far as kind of the things that are happening out, out there and then kind of tailoring it to each of those buckets. And like, that makes your life just so much easier rather than like, oh, what should I post about today? Like, here's a picture of my pizza. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't fall into a bucket. You know, so I think just <laughs> being thoughtful bucket. about it is like 
much easier approach to, to social media. And what about just putting yourself out there in general? Did you find that easy? Maybe because of the industry that you were in, I think for some, they might have good content to put out there, but it's different to put your face out there and to be an authority in your space. Um, you know, some inner monologue of like, who am I to be able to be this person? Did you have any of that? How'd you get over that? Or did you not have any of that at all? You know, that's a great question. I honestly, it's interesting too, because you're kind of social media kind of hides you a little bit, right? Like we're face to face, but we're not really face to face, right? So it feels easier in some instances to have those moments where you're not put into such social, social situations. So um, by nature, I'm a bit of an introvert, to be totally honest with you. Like when I'm out there and I'm in houses and talking to clients all day, my when I come home, I want to like sit at home and not talk to anybody and like binge watch The Last of Us and not say a single word to my husband because I have to like, I have to like recharge if you will. But I think just like, again, fake it till you make it. If if you're in your soul, if you're like that person that's maybe a bit more reserved, like put out your content and like you're going to fall into the people that appreciate what you're putting out there. And like, that's the power of socials is like, you just kind of find your vibe and you find the tribe and like, if I don't like something, I'm not going to go follow it, right? Yeah. I'm not going to go like negatively post on somebody's on somebody's whatever that I didn't agree with. Yeah. I just simply like won't follow them. And so that's kind of how I feel like with me is I'm going to put my stuff out there. And if you don't like it, like doesn't matter because you can just keep scrolling or keep moving. You don't, you know, you don't have to be in my life. Yeah. You don't have to be part of it. And that's the power, right? Like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Did any of that land for you in terms of, when you started putting yourself out there? Um, yeah, I guess it was it was that shift from what Instagram used to be and then moving on to Reels where we have to be a lot more engaging and dynamic and yep. competing, not or competing for the eyes or intention, not just for our followers, but now it's just turned into more of a, a global type of situation. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm just doing what I need to do, but I love creating content as well. I have to say that I'm definitely working on being more strategic and planning it because, um, I've operated for a long time. Like, oh, if today I have this client and I take this video, but I, I think that it's just maybe me spending too much time (laughs) that way. So really kind of revisiting my strategies is definitely something that I'm doing more this year. Yep. Totally. And like, that's the thing with like being an entrepreneur and being your own business owner is like, there is no guide. There's no handbook, right? Like we're just out here kind of like figuring it out as we go. And it's so true. Like when you figure out one thing on Instagram, they're like, Mm, nope, change up. Yeah. Oh, nope, that algorithm algorithm's not going to work. You got to do something else. Oh, no, still photos aren't working. You got to go to, I mean, it's just like yeah. when you try to get a handle on it, it just flips anyways. And so you just kind of like got to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And But I will say like post or capture those client moments and then just put them in a folder and use them later. Yeah. Like your life is going to be so much easier when you can just pull from that and be like, uh, I don't even have to worry about it. It's already done. Yep, yep. Yeah, and it's so interesting how you might view yourself looking out 
uh, compared to others looking at you. Because when I was looking through your stuff, I'm like, oh, this girl got it together. She's crushing it right now. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it could be so different. It's, it could be so, and that, and that obviously is the veil that we all hide behind, right? Like Instagram is perfect. Like my life is perfect. Yeah. Not like no mentions in there of like a screaming baby or like the fact that I had craft mac and cheese for lunch because like I couldn't put together a meal, you know, yeah. it's just like, it's all kind of a facade in some senses, but yeah. you know, I'm here for it. I love Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's say we're at a bar we strike up a conversation. I hear that you're a realtor. I have dogs of my own. And I just want the best advice from someone who knows about dogs and real estate. So what would you tell me concisely about, okay, there's, there's 19,000 pieces of advice I could give you, but he, <laughs> just make sure to keep these three or four. What would you say in that situation? Yeah. So I think connecting with the agent that you want to work with is key, right? Like if you don't love that person from the very second and even on the agent side, like if you don't connect with that client right away, like it just, just move until you find somebody that you really, you really do kind of click with, if you will. Yeah. Um, I think again, setting those ex expectations or having those conversations of exactly what you're looking for up front is really important. So like those silly things, like I had a client once who wanted a secret passageway to like a hidden room, right? Like the fake, the fake door that had books, you know, that you like pull open. Yeah. And so he was like, Kelsey, this is silly, but like, this is kind of an important thing. And so like, as an agent, I want to know those important things as silly as they are. Yeah. So like, just share them with me because I ended up going on the MLS, like the, our search system and like looking up like secret passageways hidden. And I ended up found, finding this like insane house wow. with this fake wall and this speakeasy, like it was super cool. So I think just like having those transparent conversations of like, Hey, I really want like a trap door, mm -hmm. you know, as weird as that is, like, I really want that. Or I really want the pot filler for my dog. Like, how do I have this? How do I get this set up? Yeah. Um, and, and I think just kind of third piece of advice is to just go into it really open-minded. I think knowing that you're never going to find the perfect house is important, but like you'll feel it in your soul, yeah. right? Like you'll just know. So like just go into it and, and be calm and be flexible about it. And um, I think honestly, I'm a big like universal person. I'm like, things always work out, yeah. right? Like you always get put into the right direction. It always just, it always just works exactly as it should when it should. Mm -hmm. So just, Take the pressure off. It's kind of like dating, right? Yeah. Like when you're trying to find the love of your life, you're not going to find them. But the second you like back off and start working on yourself, you find the love of your life. <laughs> it's the same thing with real estate. Like yeah. I think when you're when you're trying so hard to find the dream home, you're never going to find yeah. it. So I think when you can just like go into a pretty calm little miss, you know, dream house, it's just going to be like, boom, here yeah. I am. And you're just, that's how it always works. <laughs> yeah, it's seemed like when we were on the market it was a couple or at least a few different categories so on one side we had like 
you know, the pretty boy or girl. It's like the ones that everybody's fighting for and you have all the yep. offers and overpricing, yeah. uh, over asking. And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to try, but probably, you know, I'm not going to be successful. And, and then you have also, you know, midpoint. And then the ones that are like our house, when we entered here, it was just very old awful it was old <laughs> uh and kind of strange but also very charming and kind of cozy at yep. the same time so it was even though it was old and strange we we loved it it was, it was like a woman looking at a man with uh a lot of potential yeah. he just hasn't reached his potential yet <laughs> yeah. she's like i can work on yeah, you yeah, like yeah, i can yeah. change you yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, but like you felt it in your soul, right? You like walked in and you're like, she's ugly, but I see it, yeah. you yes. know, like, yes. and that's, that's the goal is like, you just feel it yeah. and just know. And I see, and I see it in people's eyeballs as weird as that is. Mm. Like when they walk into a house, they just like light up a little bit yeah. and I'm like, this is it. This is it. Oh, you, you must be so good at reading body language now because you see oh my God. all that. All of it to, to my husband's dismay sometimes because I'm like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, yeah. right? So like I can like even like the tightening up or like the loosening or like the arms crossed versus down. It's all like it's a fascinating psychological little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the many hats, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're so open emotionally during those times for sure. Uh, so, right? Yeah. Like because you're like falling in love, yeah, right? Exactly. And then – and then you don't get your offer accepted and it's like heartbreak, mm-hmm. right? Like you're like, like you just got dumped yeah. and then you have to like emotionally work through that and then do it all over yeah. again. Oh my gosh, it's tough. And, and then you're going to remember the ones who go, got away. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you yeah, revisit the like, location or you drive past it. You're like, oh my God, we could, we could have been living like, there. Oh, that still hurts. Yeah. That still hurts a little. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Uh, let's talk, let's talk about flooring. Uh, we recently yeah. got our floors redone, and they were wood floors, okay. so they were great. And one thing we didn't realize until the very last moment was, hey, if you're gonna use, um, kind of just the yeah well, the finish the finish. They're like, you have dogs, right? Okay, use make sure to use this finish instead of that. Do you have some sort of recommendations? In regards to flooring, because obviously dogs are running around like crazy, accidents can happen. So what are some, you know, tips you provide in that regard? Yeah, so it's so hard because I really am, I'm a hardwood fan. Like I, there is nothing better than a beautiful hardwood floor, in my opinion. You just, it just makes the space incredible but on the flip side like our hardwood floor is covered in little scratch marks and like my dogs aren't even that big right they're 30 pounds of bowling ball love but like those bowling balls get moving so (laughs) I think I think it's just like being aware that while wood floors are beautiful and of course like higher price point but you can always sand them down and refinish them later you can love on them all that you want but I think just knowing like if you have a dog and there's wet moisture happening. Like you're going to have some wear and tear. You're going to see that. Um, the luxury vinyl is an amazing product too. Like so durable, so waterproof, amazing for dogs, amazing for pets, but obviously it has a very different feel to the space, right? Like a hardwood floor versus a luxury vinyl is going to be very different, but I really think it kind of depends on 
what you're looking to achieve. Like if you have that old house in the Highlands that has those 1800s hardwood floors, like it would kill my soul if you laid laminate over that, right? Um, Even for all the right reasons, it would just be still so tough. So I think it's just like having those combos of like, hey, dogs are going to scratch the heck out of those hardwood floors. Um, Luxury vinyl is an amazing product. The engineered hardwood floors are, are another really awesome. They're so tough and so durable, but obviously it's got to fit into the design, if you will. Yeah. Um, thankfully, now I feel like more than ever, there are so many amazing flooring options out there that we didn't even have like 10 years ago. So I think I think buyers and renovators, I'm sure you guys can speak to this. You have so many more options that you can look at now. Yeah. I mean, options are great. It could also be like dizzying because obviously you don't want- Not good because yeah, you- you're like- uh, yeah, you get more scared of making the wrong decision than making the right one because everything just seems so permanent. Totally. Yeah, yeah, and you're and, and expensive, right? Like hardwood floors. I mean, if you're doing that, that's like thousands of dollars. You've got to be, you got to be ready yeah. to pull the trigger yeah. for sure. So, ha- have you had real estate agents like reach out to you, being like, "Yo, my social game is not strong." Can, can, can you teach me have, have, have those kind of conversations happen with you? I'm sure you're so busy. I don't know what you might say, but does that happen? It does happen. And honestly, like I'm humbled every single time. Um, I feel like when people reach out and they say, Hey, what are you doing? I feel that sharing the secret sauce is like what makes us all better people. Like there, in my opinion, there is no secret sauce. Like what, what works for me is probably not going to work great for the next person. And so I've always functioned on just being transparent and saying, hey, this is what I do. And this these are the platforms that I've used. And here are all these cool tools that I that I use that are free. And I just feel like it's we're better together if we share. And so when people reach out and they say, hey, like, well, I want to pick your brain, I I to be honest with you, like I'm humbled every single time. I'm like, I'm touched, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like, why wouldn't I share? You know, why wouldn't I? And you never know. Like, I'm sure as you know, this world is small. We all circle together. We are all connected. And so it's like, if you can show kindness there, it's going to come back. It's going to come back around in some other good way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that idea of whether you're keeping yourself in scarcity uh, mindset versus abundance. Exactly. Yep. So whether if if you're share, you're just spreading the abundance. And if you feel like by sharing, you know, they're going to steal your secrets, then you're actually more in a scarcity mode that is not as productive and kind of acting as a multiplier and I'm sure like I'm sure you guys see that all the time like in your world too of like oh my gosh here's like the the trick the tip trick to like not pulling on a leash and you're like but like that's not gonna work for every dog you know like it's not gonna work for every situation so it's like just share what did work you know yeah Yeah, I agree yeah or not being afraid to share because you're just giving away information for free it's like uh, that that's kind of not the point, um, you know. Sometimes the it, point. It's and, the entire and package. And I think when people get those tidbits, exactly. And like when somebody gets like, if if I watched a video of yours and like took that tidbit home and it worked, I'm gonna come back to you and I'm probably gonna yeah. give you more money to come help me because that one free nugget you gave me led yeah. to so much other training down the road or so much mm-hmm. other, you know, options for me. So it's like I think you gotta look at it from a much bigger 
picture of like, okay, yes, I'm giving away my secret sauce, but like people are going to come back to you in different ways and you're going to have that come back to you tenfold or, or they're going to tell their friend and then their friend's going to tell, you know, and then all of a sudden you're not even, you're just working off referrals. You're not even hustling. Yeah. I want to circle back real quick to those buckets you were talking about. Obviously when you're on social, you can talk about anything, but after a while, I'm sure you've tested out certain buckets or certain content types and you're like, okay, well, that's not working. Here are the things that people actually yes. want to engage with and learn about. What are some of those things that you find yourself coming back to and be like, okay, I, I know this is going to be a hit for me in terms of what my audience wants from me. Yeah. So I think like the tips and tricks um, videos for me are always, always slam dunks. Like people want to know like, what are, what are one, three things I need to put in my offer that is going to get it accepted, right? Like that's what people want to know again and again and again. Um, also like just touching on for me, like real estate terminology, um, the, I'm in this all day, every day. Right. And like, I become a little bit jaded because I see these things so much, but like other people outside of real estate might have no idea what the word earnest money is. Like they have no idea what that is. And for me, I'm like, Oh, earnest money, like no big deal. Um, so I think kind of those content buckets of just like, Hey, here are things you should know. And here are some like real estate terminology. They're like slam dunks every single time. Um, and I will say the girls, like anytime I have something with them in it and they're giving me licks and kisses, it's just like, the people, the people love the dogs, man. Dogs and babies. Those are yeah. like the two, the two ones. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. The th- two things that could give us hope for the future. Cause uh, you know, we're all jaded by now, right? So. We are yeah. far too jaded. Thank you, Instagram. Yeah. The good and bad, right? Well, great. It looks like yeah. we're coming up on time. I want to open the floor up to you, Kelsey. If you could let people know what you got going on, how people can contact you. Yeah. So um, I'm, of course, on Instagram. That's probably my uh, my favorite platform. Um, so you can follow me at Kelsey with a Frenchie. Um, I think I'm the only Kelsey with a Frenchie out there. So not uh, not too hard to miss. Um, and then, of course, my website is kwafrenchie.com. So reach out. And um, if even if you have random questions, I love random questions. So send them my way. Um, I love to connect with people. That's that's like here, here we are, Instagram, yeah. <laughs> bringing, yes. bringing us together to chat. It's so rad. We appreciated everything you shared and all the tips and your time. So yes. thank you for coming on here. Yeah, thank you so much, Kelsey. Well, thank you guys so, so much for having me. Uh, it was such a pleasure. Yeah, us too. And we'll follow up with you soon. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Just listen to the Family Pups podcast with your hosts, Tanya and Charles Lim. Subscribe to our podcast to catch our latest episodes. If you like the show, please make sure to share and review us on your favorite podcast app. And for links to anything we mentioned in the episode, check out our show notes. And don't forget to visit familypups.com podcast to listen to past episodes of the Family Pups podcast, including episodes on separation anxiety with Melania Martini price Unpredictable Aggression with Michael Shikashio, 
Fearful Dogs with Debbie Jacobs, Puppy Socialization with Marge Rogers and Eileen Anderson, and many, many more.